Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, videocast, podcast, etc., known internationally as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Uh, we're here with show number 212 today. 212. I noticed That's halfway I, to 300. On my notes, I labeled it 212, but then down further down, I still have 211 from last week. But that was last week. This is this week. It's 212. And the Jura is in. Jura is in the house with uh, Christian Olave. So uh, so it, it's going to be a pleasure to get to know this whiskey. And, uh, of course, we already know Christian, but anyone that doesn't know him, uh, you'll enjoy getting to know this guy as well. Um, so before we get underway with that, let me remind you that uh, Smoking and Toasting is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, available on the web for you to uh, buy all kinds of goodies for your cigar-smoking friends and yourself for the holidays. The T-shirts and uh, and the uh, different apparel start at under $20, and they're kind of snarky, so I think you'll like them. Uh, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Thank you. Um, welcome the hoodies, to... by the way, look awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely uh, about to order one of those. Uh, I actually meant to do it yesterday, but... Oh, by the way, Adam, our producer, is wearing a MyCigarShirts.com shirt today. You'll have to come show it to the camera later. That's the uh, Bruce is letting us know it's two one one in the um, in the title. It's two one one in the title. Oh, <laughs> see, it should be two one two. We'll have to correct that. My bad. Uh, okay, so uh, welcome to the show. Christian Olave is here. We'll be tasting all kind. And I'm going to just admit this up front: I have never tasted Jura's single malt whiskey. Shame on you. I know. And now you also uh, work with the Dalmore. Correct. I've I've been a supporter of yours in that way for quite some time. I was supporting. I know. We talked about just it the last other night. time we we, <laughs> yeah. we, we were uh, yeah. uh, on 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 a show. Yes, that's right. That cigar malt. Oh. Yeah, I was I was that's enjoying that. Just, heavenly, heavenly, just a couple nights ago. But this is the other uh, this is the other thing in your portfolio, and I I will admit I don't know anything about it, so I'm excited to learn. And I'm really excited to taste. These these look fantastic. Um, so, Christian, we'll get to that in a moment. Let me uh, just let you also know that we'll be tasting some rather interesting-sounding beers today. I haven't tried any of them, so we'll, we'll see what they're like. Uh, we are committed to doing a, a pumpkin beer uh, for every show up to Thanksgiving, and this will be the last one of those because... Thanksgiving is next week. It's a week from today. We will not be on on Thanksgiving. We'll be taking that week off. Um, and uh, so for our final pumpkin beer of this season, we'll be tasting um, Hardywood Park Crafts Brewer- Craft Brewery's Hardywood Pappy's Pumpkin Pie Ale. That's easy for you to say. Yeah, I barely got through that. <laughs> They're from Richmond, Virginia. Also, a new IPA from Bell's. Bell's Brewery, one of the uh, hottest breweries in the country right now. Uh, they have a new one called Larry's Latest. It's a juicy IPA. Bell's from Comstock. I haven't Michigan. even seen that one. Uh, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to it, too. And then Anchorage Brewing Company. Uh, we wind up doing a lot of their IPAs. They, they have, like... It seems like a different IPA out every every couple of weeks, but we're not doing an IPA from them today. We're going to be doing something called the Tide and its Takers. It's a triple with Brettanomyces. 
So it looks very interesting. It's so in, something a little different. It's in one of those bottles with. We always the, do their Christmas ale too. Yeah, it's in one of those bottles with the you know the you know how they do champagne. It's got yeah, the, the cork, cork and then it's got the little wire. The wire, yeah. yeah the retainer. So, yeah. So that should be uh, very interesting. And of course, Jura Scotch whiskey. Um, drinking news today. Our headline: I was working on a coffin when. That's our musical like tease. That's supposed to make you go. I got to stay until the fifth. In segment. the business, we call that a sting. That's right. I got to stay until the fifth segment for drinking news. That that's what that that musical sting is supposed to <laughs> trigger in your brain. Uh, other things going on. Uh, we mentioned this last week, but we didn't give you the details. Our friends at Cigars for Warriors have launched a new fundraiser, and we want to give you the information on that because it's really important as people are not. Spending as much time in cigar lounges and the ways that they usually find a lot of their support, you know, cigars for warriors, uh, especially like uh, our our uh, good buddy Trey Boring. He goes around and sets up these events at different cigar stores mm-hmm. and stuff where they where people come and donate. Well, there's not nearly as much of that going on because of all the pandemic stuff. So uh, they're doing a, a little bit different push this year to try to make sure they get uh, cigars. For warriors, so we want to tell you about that, so you can uh, awesome. so you can participate. An update on what the hurricanes in uh, Central America are doing to the tobacco fields, and um, you know it's just it's just going to be a very interesting. There were several things we wanted to get to last week that we didn't. I'm not going to like. I'm just not going to tease too many of them because I'm afraid we won't get to them because we got a lot of whiskey to taste after all. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, we don't normally do a tasting in the first segment, but I'm going to ask Christian if he wants to go ahead and get something ready for us while Ian uh, fills us in on something he might have smoked this week that uh, is interesting enough to talk about. So first off, weather. It has been so oh. incredibly nice here in Texas and this is This is one of those times of the year when people yes. come down here on vacation from the north and, and they uh, the weather. and they uh, immediately make plans to move here. So uh, <laughs> I had my cigar on my patio this afternoon enjoying it. Uh, just a slight breeze coming through. It's, I don't know, 74, 75 yeah. degrees outside. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, what I picked out today was uh, Alec Bradley's Sanctum. Oh, that's a Have you cigar. had one of those? I have. And uh, uh, so as I recall, I Loved it. So this was the Toro. This is a 6x52 Honduran Corojo uh, wrapper, Costa Rican binder, mm-hmm. and a mix of fillers, Honduran, Nicaraguan, and, um, and um, I can't remember what else. Honduran, Nicaraguan, and what, Dominican? Dominican, probably. Yeah. 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 So I had that in my head, but I didn't write it down. Anyway, the appearance, light brown, smooth with some veins, medium firmness, slightly oily wrapper. Uh, it looks like a cigar. It's a nice looking cigar. It's, you know. Yeah. Pretty. It looks like the picture of a cigar when you see one. Uh, the pre-light sniff on his coffee. Hey, a little sweetness, a little creaminess going on. Hint of mocha. Pre-light draw on this. I used a punch on it. It had a medium effort draw. Um, and I don't usually, if if I get a little bit of a tight draw on it, I generally will light it up first before I open it up unless it's a super tight draw. Mm-hmm. And this one opened <laughs> up just fine once I lit it. So okay. I, I left it at that. Um uh, the pre-light draw, I got uh, flavors of uh, like sweet, creamy cappuccino and snickerdoodle. Snickerdoodle. Is yeah. that a first? Is that the first time one of us has, uh, has <laughs> pulled out yeah, snickerdoodle? Yeah, it really had this very kind of cookie flavor, and I was like, snickerdoodle just popped into my head. Uh, so it had a, a, this, this prevailing sweetness um, on the nose like the whole time. It was really, really nice. Um, the uh, uh, initial light on this blast of creamy pepper and sweetness, tangy leather on the finish. The first third of this leather, earth, barnyard, licorice, 
and pepper, all kind of in equal parts. Overall sweetness going on underneath it. Strong petro uh, pepper retrohale. Mm, nice. So uh, very uh, very interesting on that. The second third of this, pepper moves forward. Sweetness gives way to oak and coffee, fermented hay, and licorice on the finish. A little bit of licorice, that, uh, black licorice, anise. Anise, however you say it. Anise, yeah. yeah whatever it is. Anise. Some people through. say anise. I mean, I, yeah. I've always pronounced it anise. Yeah, there's a little bit of that going all the way through it. Um, and kind of nice, <clears> even <throat> though it's not one of my favorite flavors. It was kind of nice in there. It's just a little bit different. Uh, flaky ash, perfect burn. The last third of this pepper remains. Sweetness returned a little bit. It kind of uh, it kind of backed up a little bit in the middle of the cigar, and then came back. Coffee and licorice remain. Hay and oak on the finish. Flaky ash, perfect burn. I paid... About seven dollars and fifty cents for this cigar. Yeah, it gets a solid five. It's worth every single penny. Yeah. I didn't think it was uh, an amazing. I have to immediately go out and buy a box. But man, I'll buy another one next time I see him. Awesome. That's that sounds sounds How about really yourself, really, really good. Um, I uh, had a cigar that I've I've had these in my humidor for a while, and I realized I never had talked about one of these on the show. And it's the I've done so many uh, AJ Fernandez cigars. Because I'm such a fanboy, but I never have talked about the San Lotano Requiem uh, oh. by AJ. Uh, so I was looking through the humidor and I thought this would be perfect. So uh, I took it. The San Lotano line was the very first AJ Fernandez cigars that he actually put his name on. He'd done a number of cigars for other companies. He'd done things like uh, you know the Ave Marias and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That uh, that he was the blender for, but this is the first thing he put his name on. And uh, it's a very diverse line. San Latano has mellower smokes. They have uh, smokes that are medium, ones that are really quite full. And the Requiem is at the more medium to full end of the spectrum. Uh, It uses an oily San Andres wrapper over a mix of Honduran and Nicaraguan tobacco. The pre-light sniff and draw on this cigar was a chocolate bomb. Nice. Just on the pre-light. I mean, it smelled more chocolatey than I think any cigar I've <laughs> ever, uh, have ever, you know, sniffed before. It was, uh, it was lit. Uh, cocoa powder. Um, did when you were a kid, did you ever do Nestle's quick chocolate stuff that you would stir yeah. up in the uh, in the milk to yeah, make chocolate absolutely. milk? So you know what it smelled like when you opened the little tin top? Kind of powdery chocolate. That's what the cigar smelled like. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. So uh, I used a punch uh, and I lit the end with a torch and we were off to the races. Notes of that chocolate were definitely there early on, uh, as was a flavor of wood and an under- underlying note of leather. There was a creaminess to this cigar that when it combined with that chocolate, it just, I mean, it was just absolutely perfect. I could not stop craving a Nestle's Quick chocolate milk. <laughs> it, was, it was just so awesome. Uh, second third was so rich and satisfying in the way that the flavors intertwined. It started out medium-bodied in the first third, uh, but was several ticks higher by the midpoint of the cigar, and the chocolate notes endured all the way through to the final third. Other things kind of came and went, but the chocolate was very consistent. I really couldn't stop thinking about what a wonderful world that we live in and how we should all just join hands and celebrate life together and sing We Are the World or something. That is an inspirational cigar. I'm telling you, that's (laughs) the way that it was. This cigar had like almost mystical, healing, transcendental properties and lots of chocolate. It was uh, was really something. Uh, Seriously, though, it it really was good. I found myself comparing it to a Padron anniversary. Oh, wow. 
and a Padron anniversary is twice the price yep. of this cigar. So that's a pretty big compliment. Oh, and I don't think I mentioned perfect construction. The burn was slightly uneven a couple of times, but it always straightened itself out. I never got out the lighter uh, to correct anything. Bottom line, this is about as good an $8 cigar as you're going to get. Nice. I don't know if I can think of one at that price that I would recommend over this. Uh, it reminds me of why I'm such an A.J. Fernandez fanboy, and and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Maybe I'm a little biased, but uh, this one punched all the right buttons for me. Price to quality, seven. Nice. Because it, if you think one. about it, something at $8 that smokes like a $16 cigar, holy cow. That's worth a seven. That's pretty big. Just in so, case uh, you don't know, our price to quality scale is a one to ten, and the way it works is if you get a five, you get exactly what you pay for. Anything below a five, you feel like, uh, man, you could have paid a little less for that quality. Cigar might have still been good, but it's going to be. You could have done better. Yeah. Basically, anything above a five is going to be punching above its weight class. You right, know, you get right. more than you paid for. And more expensive cigars have a, a tougher time scoring above a five. Because they're more, they're more expensive to right. begin with. But when you got this at $8, I mean, seriously, I would not have been upset at all to have paid $12, $13, $14 for this cigar. I'd have felt like I got that much money's worth out of it. So, nice. uh, so there is a box in my future. Uh, I had forgotten how much I love this cigar. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, so uh, we are uh, usually don't start with the tasting in the first segment but we're going to do that today because uh Kristen has brought us five different uh expressions to sample here today and we got five segments on the show so i being a real math whiz was able to figure <laughs> out that we should probably do one per segment so uh ian we're going to start with this one and in the next segment Kristen, i'm going to ask you to tell me all about the distillery and mm -hmm. uh, how it came to be and what it's you know what its unique properties are but in this first one tell us what we're tasting here for this so first. uh first of all th thanks for having me guys thank you for uh, being here you. i know you had to almost plan a special trip just to be you, here so you, we appreciate it you any any time so what you guys have uh, in uh, in uh, your beautiful jura uh, glenkern mm -hmm. is the <laughs> jura 10 year old and uh, you know i can nice nose on this and this is the youngest one we're going to sample, right? This is the youngest oh, one man. you're going to sample. I have a feeling we're starting strong, Ian. <laughs> yeah. And these are lightly, very, very <clears throat> lightly peated whiskeys. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. I, I don't know. Do you guys dig on, uh, you know, peated scotch, very smoky scotch? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Ian always has. To be honest, when we started the show, I wasn't a big fan. But it's something I've really learned to appreciate in these 212 I have, I have a episodes. section of my yeah yeah liquor so cabinet. you probably have like some lagavulin in there yeah, right, the right. Bag, yeah. Bag. Yeah. if you compare Lafray. the jura to those i mean it doesn't even come close so when i say lightly peated it really is just a kiss of smoke well you're right because i just took a first it's almost a little uh, uh like a like a leather and tobacco uh-huh kind of thing going yeah. on on the nose it's right got here. a little bit of it that. smells really good uh, on the nose it's got a little bit you expect almost a little bit of the the bourbon type flavors that isn't necessarily what you get when you uh when you taste it what i love about this is that you don't get overwhelmed by the smoke by the peat but it is really nice on the retrohale and on the finish of this. It's you really do feel it. Uh, yeah. On, on, the, on the nose, but like, it's, it's yeah. barely there. Like you said, it's the, subtle, though. Yeah. It's not, like, knocking you out. This is not, uh, this is not a, a Lagavulin. Or, have or you tried it yet? I have, yes. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. <clears throat> um, 
there's almost like the nose is so much a part of the flavor of this that um, that it comes across after you had it in your uh, in your um, sinuses a little bit. Mm -hmm. It comes across as a little more delicate than I was expecting. Yes, I, I agree. And what you know, it's got that wonderful Scotch minerality to it that is the first thing you kind of get on the finish, and then here comes that that smoke that Pete just gently kind of a, it'll be interesting to me to this, see if the older expressions if the peat ramps up at all this right here wants you to sit around in a leather chair with a dusty old book it like sure this is does. a beautiful yes. thing yeah like I, you're gonna run out of furniture by the time we're done <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah so the the, the thing that, that that i'll note and, and and you mentioned that that mineral note you know uh jura is uh is named after the place where it's made mm -hmm. so it's it's a it's an island the isle of jura, off, right? off the western coast of scotland so the these whiskeys typically have a, you know, uh, maritime notes. You know, there mm -hmm. is a salinity to yes, it. You know, absolutely. And, and I think that the one, the the the, the one exp expression where you do pick it up the most is probably going to be on the on on this ten year old. So yeah. that's a good catch. Yeah, it really does have that. I, I don't know, a little uh, salt you, air to you, it. Yeah, you think of that that t uh, you know kind of stereotypical Scottish island. That you see in the movies, you mm -hmm. know, and there's fog hanging everywhere, and the fog tastes kind of salty. You know, it, it's got it's got that kind of uh, romantic uh, imagery that kind of comes. The up uh, in your head. the peat on this is also uh, a little <clears throat> a little sneaky because you get it in the um, in the nose, and then you take a sip, and the first couple sips, you don't really notice it as right. much, and then it starts to just be this great little flavor in the back of the palate. Yeah, it's got like a crescendo almost of, mm. yeah. of, of peat. Like yeah, it. and it's and it's a very friendly peat, so it's not like you know, like some people are just afraid of peaty whiskeys. This mm -hmm. is a very friendly, uh, like it would be a good one to try if you're kind of wanting to try them, but you know, if if some of the uh, some of the uh, art bags and stuff scare you a little bit. No, these are. I always tell people that Jura is great training wheels to to get into you know <laughs> the, the peated scotches. The, the, the peated scotches. Yeah. Uh, there's a there, there's a, a, a also an interesting way and a very unique way. That the distillery makes the the the, the whiskeys peated, and I, you know I'll, I'll tell you that story in in, a, yes, in, in another in segment. segment. Yes, I'll mention one more thing about this one's be, because you guys are big fans of uh, Dalmore, and, and yes. since you are big fans of Dalmore, you probably know that Dalmore touches a lot of sherry cask. Yes, mm -hmm. this Jura Ten also finished in uh, in, in a sherry, sherry cask. Yeah, no. nice. So, so there, the, so there's some of those notes I was getting uh, on the nose, especially at the very beginning, that just. Uh, you know, I described it as more of a bourbon thing, but that's not really what what it is. It's just more of that sherry cask wood finishing flavor, that dark that, sherry yes, kind that of you, that you pick, up, you pick a, up on the nose. The finish on this is so oaky. Yes, that uh, I really like that oaky dryness that it leaves. Oak, oak minerality and peat mm -hmm. in in a, but peat in a very kind of subdued sort of way. You know, if someone made this into eau de toilette. <laughs> I, I just wear this all the time. Uh, I think that that on this one, to me, the one that always stands out is you know like a, like just this note of like maple, you know, mm -hmm. like, like that just that, that real good Canadian maple. And that's got to be from the sherry cask yeah. aging. So that's 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 tremendous. All right, I tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back in our next segment. We are gonna try this uh, this pumpkin pie ale. 
And then we're going to move on to the next expression of Jura, which is, is the seven wood the next, uh, the next one we'll 12 try? Year. Oh, the 12 years the next we'll try. All right. Well, that'll be interesting because what does two years do to this? What does two more years do to this? It'll be very interesting to see. So it's smoking and toasting. Our guest is Christian Olave uh, from Jura and the Dalmore, and we will be right back. Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, and we want to encourage you to uh, support MyCigarShirts.com because they support us. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful little relationship, and they have really cool shirts. You may even find things you've heard Ian say show up on shirts at MyCigarShirts.com. It's it's that that's that's somewhat gratifying. It's that actually. symbiotic of a relationship. It's a wonderful <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Uh, speaking of cigars, imports of premium handmade cigars were exceptionally strong to the United States in the month of September, showing significant gains in each of the big three producing countries, which would be uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, and the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, Dominican cigars showed strong gains up 50.5% in the month of September. 13.7 million Dominican cigars were shipped in to the United States. Wow. That's a lot of smokes. Nicaragua, the uh, leading producer, was up 26% for a total of 16.6 million cigars. So Nicaragua now the leading cigar import country to the United States. Uh, and then uh, um, those gains of 50.5% and, um, and 26% were very impressive. But Honduran cigars, the imports nearly doubled from 4.4 million to 8.6 million cigars. Wow. Not as many cigars, but a huge increase. So uh, very interesting. Apparently, uh, here's, here's my theory. I think when the pandemic started, we all stopped going out as much to our favorite cigar shops and um, started smoking what was in our humidors. That's what I did. And by about September, our humidors runneth empty. <laughs> oh, this is the story of me. <laughs> yes. And so we had to start buying again. Yeah. You know, you had to had to go over to Casa or do something up. on mail order, something something to start to, to start stocking up. So um, it is uh, pretty cool. Or maybe be, maybe that started earlier, and by September, the cigar stores were having to reorder. I'd be interested to see, too. I bet box sales are higher than uh, individual sales used to be. Well, that's, that's very true, because when I would wander into Stogie's or... Casa de Monte Cristo, um, most of the time, pre-pandemic, I wanted to grab one of those little trays and walk around and, ooh, what's this? Ooh, yeah, what's yeah. that? Since the pandemic, I find if I'm stopping by, I, I'm more likely to go, do you have a box of the Bella Artez, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Connecticut's or, or, yeah, yeah. or whatever? You know, what, what do you, you come in almost with an idea of what you're going to buy and maybe you grab one or two from the right. end, from the end cap while you're there. So I, I think you're right on. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this all plays out. But good to know that our cigar stores uh, were taking in uh, massively larger numbers of cigars to replenish 
what we were buying to replenish our humidors. So, uh, so it's a pretty cool thing. Smoking and Toasting is uh, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And when you talk fine spirits, I'm already very impressed with the 10-year uh, Jura that we tried. Uh, Christian Olave uh, is with us. He is, uh, first of all, uh, are, are Dalmore and Jura connected in any way, or are they just both uh, lines that you represent yourself? They're both lines that I represent. So okay. I work for a company called White and Mackay. Mm-hmm. Not not a very popular company here in the in the U.S., but if you live in the U.K. or or, or in Scotland, you would see you know White and Mackay is a recognizable you know whiskey recognizable uh, whiskey company. Okay. There, there, yeah. As a matter of fact, that there is a White and Mackay uh, blended Scotch uh, in the market in the U.K. that's very popular. In any case, White and Mackay owns uh, several whiskey brands and four single malt distilleries. Okay. The wow. Dalmore being one of them, Jura, the one mm-hmm. we're trying now, uh, Federkern is another one, and Tamnavulin. Uh, Federkern and Tamnavulin are not uh, marketed in the U.S., but if you have listeners in Pennsylvania, which you uh, might. We do, mm-hmm. yes. Yep, yep. They can actually find Tamnavulin in Pennsylvania because we are doing a market test. Um, uh, in in Pennsylvania right now. Well, and in Pennsylvania, the uh, spirit stores are actually all run by yep. the state government. So it's very, if if you do some kind of a test with them, you're going to be all over the state of Pennsylvania yep. because they control everything there. So and it's not, a, not only that, you can also get all the 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 data for the or, or, right. You know how you did compared to your competitors, which which I, is why Pennsylvania is a place <laughs> that a lot of the spirits oh, gotcha. are tested. I lived in uh, Philadelphia for three years, and I have to say. Of all the places that I've lived, it has the strangest um, alcohol laws of <laughs> any place. Now, every every place has something strange. Even even weirder than the than the uh, TABC. Yeah, e- even weirder than at least the TABC. You kind of know what they're getting at. In Pennsylvania, you don't know the uh, liquor stores, which is also where you would buy wine, are state run. If you want beer. You can't get it at the grocery store. Uh-huh. You can't get it at the liquor stores. You have to go one of two places. You have to go to a restaurant that has a carryout or license. Or a bar. Or a bar that has uh-huh. a carryout license. Or you have to go to a beer distributor. Yep. Now, when I lived there, I lived in Bryn Mawr, actually, just outside of Philadelphia. And there was actually a beer distributor on my way home nice. like from work every day. Dangerous, so I'd pass nice. right by it. But here's the thing. You when you went to the distributor, you could buy a six-pack carryout from a restaurant or a bar, but if you went to the distributor, you had to buy a case. They yeah. wouldn't sell it to you any other way but a case of beer. So I was regularly coming home with cases of beer. Now, you tell me how that promotes responsible drinking. <laughs> I'm not sure that it does. Plus the whole concept of, uh, all right, I uh, it's, it, what was that old country song? I got time for one more round and a six-pack to go. Right. That's, that's Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's the way it works. But anyway, uh, it'd be interesting to see how that test goes. If it goes well, will you expand that brand out into other places here in the U.S. Correct. Yeah. So okay. right, right now, you know, the 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 Tabnavulin, uh, distillery and and mm-hmm. and its uh, and its whiskey, you know, is, it's actually doing very very well in uh, in in Europe. Uh, uh, we, uh, you know, the Netherlands is like the number one whiskey wow. selling in the in, in the Netherlands. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, the the hopes are that that given how you know the 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 American public, you know, reacts to you know what how how it kind of. Feels to them, right? Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that we're that within a, a year or two we're going to see Tamnavulin, you know, massively 
distributed, much like Jura whiskey is yeah, that's uh, awesome. uh, right right now. That's awesome. Speaking of which, this is the 12-year. Ian, have you done any uh, research well, yet? Well, only on the nose. And uh, you remember you mentioned maple earlier. This has even more of that maple. Yeah. I guess it's aged a little longer. It's going to pick up a little more from the cherry cask. Yeah. I, right? I think that for continuity, Ian, you know, like whereas on the 10, you get maple. Here, the maple uh, is now syrup. And, yeah. and it's been poured over a, 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 a really <laughs> so, nice pecan pancake. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I get that. There's a little nuttiness kind of. Yeah. And, and really, the, the, the on only on. difference between this, 10 and 12 is two years. And also, the 12 also finished in, in, in sherry cask. So it's just. It's just two more years in the it's sherry just cask. It's a little right? bit longer, and, and it's incredible what, it, what a difference it makes. I think that you'll notice it most on the, on, on the mouthfeel. Yeah, yes. it's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit um, oilier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the finish is a little different as well. The finish is a little friendlier uh, overall. Not that there's anything wrong with the ten, but this is just a little bit on the. Um, I think it's because smoother side, a little less. You've still got that heat. heat. You've still got the peat, but that maple is more prominent now, even on the finish on the very back of the palate, and it really. Really, kind of, it's very savory, well, is what I would say. It's what happens is, is again with with peated whiskey. You know, the longer the that that peated whiskey spends in a barrel, the peat actually, you know, comes down. Comes down, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, which is why you know, a Lafroy ten will taste peatier, peatier yeah. than a that than the, the older expressions yeah, yeah, of, the, of of Lafroy. This is really delicious. Yeah. So, I didn't ask you this, but uh, in the last segment, but. The uh, Jura 10, what's the general area that retails for? Jura 10, uh, you will <clears throat> find for about twenty nine ninety nine. That's That's amazing uh, for that's a scotch wonderful. of that quality. Yeah. And then the 12 is? 12 is in the mid-30s. So uh, for just a little more, you yeah. really do get a really nice step mm-hmm. in terms of what it does, I think. I would, say, uh, I would say 12, you know, in, in that 35 to 39 range, you'll, you, you'll find it, yeah. That's spectacular. I haven't paid for a bottle of whiskey in a long time, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard for me. Uh, well, I understand that, and, and uh, you know, you one of the things, you, you won't get a lot of sympathy from our uh, uh, from our viewers and listeners about that, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty, uh, I think it's important, though, for us to, to point that out, especially with these two expressions being that affordable to get a whiskey of that quality at that price that's that's pretty spectacular i love drinking uh i love drinking things like this back to back so you can really kind of taste the differences right. and it is just this one just is a little right. bit more if this is seven eight ten dollars more what are you getting for that yeah for that extra there's a uh, amount that you're paying a and little I'd more lingering sweetness on the finish on yes. this too uh that's that's uh that shares that oak finish that the first one had. Ian, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to pour the uh, pumpkin pie ale from Hardywood. Uh, and while he's doing that... You're not that, the boss of me. Uh, well, oh, oh, wait, you actually kind of are. That's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> it was a request. Uh, while he's doing that, um, Christian, tell me a little bit about the distillery. How long has it been there? Uh, where is it on the... And where is the Isle of Jura in relationship to, mm-hmm. you know, the Scottish mainland? Is there really a Scottish mainland? There I is a Scottish mainland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so where is Jura in relation to that, and how long has the distillery been there? So uh, uh, the Isle of Jura is uh, just off the western coast of Scotland. If you're familiar with Isla, uh, mm-hmm. it's just north of Isla. As a matter of fact, if you stand at the northern 
uh, tip of, uh, of of Isla. You know, say that you're visiting Isla and you are at the Kalila Distillery. Mm -hmm. You would you would see across the channel the could, Jura Distillery. So could we a, swim it? Uh, if you're a good swimmer, <laughs> yeah, probably uh, it's about a, a 20 minute ferry ride. Okay, so that'd be a, that'd, that'd be a much a long longer swim. swim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the only the the only ways into Jura are via ferry. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. It's just a, such a different way of life, and I'm beginning to think. I'm beginning to contemplate it. You know, with all the craziness over, you know how politicized and nuts everything has become in the states. I'm starting to think, man, living on an island that you had to get to by a ferry. How cool would that be? You shouldn't worry about any of that stuff. You, you know, can, you can do that off the coast of uh, Washington State. That's you don't, true. You don't have to go. That's true. Far. I like that idea. Uh, the distillery, by the way, since since you asked, it's been there since 1810, uh, and it is the sort of the driving force of the economy in uh, in in the island. Mm -hmm. You know, the island has a population of 212 people. <laughs> that that's it. There's more deer I than love people. That. I, I that's just, hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> that is. It really is. Well, this is uh, this twelve year is just a wonderful expression. I uh, I liked the ten. I love the twelve. So now here we go with some pumpkin pie, or some mm -hmm. pumpkin pie. Don't want to cover anyone's face ale. With that. This is the. So this is this is Hardywood Pappy's pumpkin pie mm -hmm. ale with pumpkin, coconut, and spices. And boy, can you smell it! Yeah, oh, yeah I that, don't that I don't know how this is. is right I don't know how this is going to go with. The whiskey but it'll be an interesting pair. It's it's kind of warring with the whiskey in my nose right now. Yeah, a little bit. We'll see, but there's other there's other beers to come. The too, maple so. syrup that's lingering is kind of saving it. Oh, I don't know. That's not bad. It's certainly pumpkin key. It, it's pumpkin. All right. pumpkin this may be the most pumpkiny <laughs> pumpkin you know ale is? we've right, tried. Wait for it. You know what this is? Have you ever you know when you go through uh, like a Whataburger and you get that hot apple pie? Mm-hmm. And it has that kind of, it has the glaze yes. kind of stuff on the inside. Yes. If they made a pumpkin version of that, that's, that's exactly what this, would be. What this is. <laughs> so you're 100% right. It, it is, it's sweet, but it's not like, it's still very much a bitter, spicy ale. But that sweetness is very recognizable as that outer glaze of the. Do you guys get apple the, in there the, at all? I do, actually. I do. Yeah. 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 Like that, that's probably why it reminds me so much of that apple pie. It's got that. That spice and that apple, and mm. I think that, that that to me, after I get over the exquisite pumpkininess <laughs> of it all, the palate shock of yeah. the pumpkin, the, the the thing that 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 I can't shake is that that cinnamon and spice. Yeah, uh, you know. Well, the, yeah. I will tell you, of all of the pumpkin ales we've tried, we've been doing one a week for a couple of months now. I think this one is the most pumpkin pie tasting. So retro hail. The yeah. retro hail is that is the uh, the the whipped cream, mm -hmm. like that's just crazy. It's like that sugary whipped right, that, cream. Kind that's of why thing. that's why I think I'm thinking pumpkin pie because you've got all of those pumpkin pie elements. You've got the pumpkin flavor, you've got the baking spice, you've got that little bit of that sugary uh, taste that you were talking about. Nutmeg. That's the and other then one that's so and big. then that other uh, sort of whipped cream. Cool whip vibe. <laughs> Pappy's pumpkin pie brings a bit of American Thanksgiving to Wallonia by uh, spicing up our Wallonian style farmhouse pumpkin ale. Oh, so it's a with farmhouse Additional ale. cinnamon, ginger. That ginger is that other thing yeah, that I couldn't uh -huh. quite get. Yeah. Nutmeg, clove, and allspice, then topped off with toasted coconut and milk sugar mm. to create a sweet and delicious homemade pumpkin pie in a glass. Mm. 
My wife would love this. It's it's really, it's really quite interesting. Good. It's really it? quite good, and it's got me like I am now officially in the mood for Thanksgiving. Just FYI, just this is this. also eight and a half percent. Yes, Ooh. I noticed that. Which now <laughs> it's, normally it's pretty big. Normally we start with uh, with a little lighter ABV with the first beer, but I wanted to do the pumpkin beer first because I didn't know how it was going to play with the scotch. So almost uh, has a mulled cider kind of thing going yeah, on to it. Yeah, too. it really like does. This, it's got that kind of a mouthfeel to it. This is very holiday though. I'll have to yeah. I'll have to agree. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so, for it. I kind of like it for what it is. I think it's a, that's a great one to pop open and share around. Hardywood Park Craft Brewery out of Richmond, Virginia. Check them out on the web. They've got a lot of other very, very good beers as well. So, all right, let's take a break. We're going to come back. What, uh, Which expression of Jura are we going to uh, next, Christian? We're going to go with a really unique one next. It's uh, the Sevenwood. And it's kind of actually a, a really cool story. And one of my favorite Balvenie expressions is the Doublewood. This is the Sevenwood. So they are so we'll Yeah, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> it's smoking and toasting, and we'll be right back. Thank you for hanging with us for what has now been uh, corrected. Thank you, Adam, to uh, show number 212. Halfway to 300. <laughs> that sounds so awesome. Welcome back. It is Smokin' and Toastin'. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you proudly by MyCigarShirts.com. On the internet, I was looking at the uh, at the stuff that, uh, that some of the new arrivals at MyCigarShirts.com. There's this great sweatshirt that says, I just want to smoke cigars and pet my dog. <laughs> and, and there's even a version of it which is perf- perfect for me. Because at my house, we have a greyhound, which, by the way, the strangest animal known to man. <laughs> They're not really a dog. They may be part cat. I don't know. But uh, but there's actually one that says, I just want to smoke cigars and pet my greyhound. And it's got the, ah. got the greyhound on it. So it's, you know, it, and there's several other dog breeds uh, available in the in the shirts that I was looking at, too, I think. Do you have one that says Texas Docs? Brown Mutt? Uh, no, but that would be perfect. They should totally do that. They should. Do, they should. My I, last two dogs were Texas oh, Brown Mutts. There is one I think you'll enjoy, Ian. It's uh, very similar to the dog shirts that I mentioned, but it says, "I just want to smoke cigars and annoy my cat." <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. We got a bratty cat at the house. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, something about cats. They just. It's just fun to annoy them. So, so welcome back to the show. By the way, uh, there's been a lot of questions. Um, uh, people have been asking me, like, hey, what's all this crazy hurricane activity in Central America? Because they had one and then, boom, another one, like two weeks later. What's all this doing uh, to the tobacco crop? So I have a little bit of an update for you. The 2020 and 21 tobacco harvest in Nicaragua is safe, despite the severe impact of uh, Hurricane Etta two weeks ago. The Nicaraguan Chamber of Tobacco uh, announced that after evaluating the damage that was caused by the rains. When the cyclone came, they said the growing season hadn't begun yet, so the producers hadn't planted. Now they're you know, monitoring this next hurricane, but um, they, the good news is it didn't wipe out a crop because the crop hadn't been uh, planted. Uh, with the arrival of uh, Iota, which is the second hurricane, it's foreseeable that the start of the planting season will have to be delayed even further. So what they're saying is, good news, nothing got wiped out. 
bad news of sorts is it's going to be a late planting season. I wonder how season that's going to affect uh, the cigars with the late planting season. I don't know. And I wonder, like, I don't know what effect that has. I wonder how it will affect, will it, will it affect the flavors of the tobacco at all just because of the soil having been drenched that thoroughly? Obviously, they'll, they'll let it dry out before of, they plant. But I know of two sources we need to go to for that. Yeah. We need to talk to Manny yep. or we need to talk to Husto. Yep, I think you're right. Husto, of course, from the Arroyo yeah. uh, tobacco family in Honduras, and uh, Manny, of course. Uh, uh, Manny is Manny is just awesome. Manny from El Cabano. He's just he's just absolutely awesome. We need to have Manny. I don't know if you're listening today, but here's your invitation. We got to get you back on the show. We got to come yeah. talk tobacco again. You are absolutely awesome. So uh, they did cancel the next edition of the International Tobacco Festival, uh, Puro Sabor. Uh, in uh, Nicaragua, which was uh, scheduled for January of 2021, I don't, I don't think we're going to see a lot of these festivals come back until maybe late 2021, but uh, we'll see, and we'll of course keep you posted. Christian Olave from uh, Jura is in the house with us today, and he has brought a number of awesome expressions. We liked the 10 a lot. We loved the 12, and now the seven wood. Is that right? Seven Wood is correct. All right. So, uh, how does it come by the name Seven Wood? Uh, because seven barrels are involved in the making of the whiskey. That's wow. That's, that's it. Yeah. All right. So, seven different kinds of barrels. Correct. Wow. So basically, um, uh, on this particular expression, Greg Glass, who's the whiskey maker at uh, at Jura, uh, you know, Greg is a very creative whiskey maker, <laughs> and uh, and and he also has a, 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 a love affair with oak, uh, and he actually had uh, barrels custom made in uh, in France from all the very different famous forests of France that w w from which you know those barrels are typically used for French the, wine. Right, those French oak barrels are really kind of a rare thing. I mean, uh, we talk about them a lot, but they're they're not that plentiful, if I'm correct. Uh, no, because they're, they're they're mostly used for French wine, for which, French wine, which yes. is why Greg had to actually have them custom made. Wow. Like like they, he couldn't go to a cooperage in France and say, "Well, I'll take one of those, one of those." One right. of those. You you have to order <clears> them. Uh, so you know, I, I won't go through all of them, but things like Alliere, Joupier, La Bertrange, uh, Limousin, uh, uh, all were flown to Scotland brand new. So these are virgin. Oak barrels. They never held wine. They, you know, typically they're used for wine, but they they never but these, had, yeah, never, never had wine. any wine. Okay. And so the whiskey <laughs> begins its uh, its life in uh, in former bourbon. Uh, I should mention two separate whiskeys begin their life in former bourbon, which is one of the things that is unique about the distillery. The distillery technically creates two styles of whiskey in order to make one. For every expression, everything you've tried is made in this way. So there's two separate whiskeys to begin with. Two separate with distillates. That are, that are then blended together to make the... One distillate, two agings. So okay. I'll, I'll explain it to you. Okay. For one month of the year, the distillery makes heavily peated whiskey. Think the peatiest whiskey you've ever had. Hard bag, that That's, kind of, yeah. They do it for one month. For one month, they clean to get all that peat reek out of the systems. And the remainder of the time, they make unpeated whiskeys. And these whiskeys go on their own maturation tracks, own separate barrels. In the end, for example, in the case of the 10, the unpeated whiskey goes into sherry. After it comes out of the sherry cask, we add a little bit of, like, you know, so think of it, you know, adding pepper to a steak. Right. Mm -hmm. We just add a little bit to give it that light heat. Uh, on the case of the 12, same idea. 
the seven wood here after the whiskey has been split into all these th different French oak barrels, it gets remarried, and then a little bit of peated whiskey goes in. So it's the same distillate. It's still a single malt, Correct. but it is essentially sort of aged two different ways, one with so, peat, yeah. one without, and then the right amount of blending of the peat into the non-peated distillate just, is... Just a quick distinction for listeners. When you say single malt, you're actually saying two different things there. Right. Single malt is not a single thing. Single malt is saying single from a single distillery and malt being the basis for your distillate. That's right. what Which is single malt body. actually means. Right. So when you say blended whiskey, that's blending whiskeys from different distilleries. <clears throat> right. So within... A distillery, if you're blending different distillates or or uh, different mm -hmm. uh, aging or uh, finishing within a single distillery, that's still a single. Yeah, yeah. no, and, and that's where like it gets confusing for people, and and I, you know, and especially when I'm talking to to you know introducing people to whiskey consumers, most of the time, you know, I have to be very careful with the words I use because if I say this 18 year old or this 12 year old is a you know, blend of different agings of whiskeys. Like, well, I thought it was a single malt. It's like, yes, and right. to, but to that's your what point, that means, right? right. You know, exactly. single malt just means that it came from one distillery. They're still blended. As a matter of fact, you know, the twelve-year-old, for example, there's whiskeys in there that are older than twelve. Right. It's just that legally, but twelve is what is, you is put the youngest. That's one. the youngest one in the in the blend. Well, to me, if you think about great, whether it's cigars, whether you're talking bourbon, whether you're talking scotch. The blending is where you get that perfect combination mm -hmm. of flavors. If you if you don't blend, if you're coming like single cask, you have to have really hit the ball out of the park with mm -hmm. that particular distillate. If you do this blending, you can adjust, you can bring in flavors the way you guys do with the peat, uh, the smaller amount of peat that's in these whiskeys. You're bringing it in just in a very kind of a subtle way that you couldn't do without the blending. I mean, it just it, it it's just a way for for <clears throat> for Greg Greg Glass, the whiskey maker, to really control how peaty the whiskeys mm -hmm. uh, get. You know, typically, when a distillery is making peated whiskey, they control that level of peat by just how peated the barley is. So mm -hmm. you get you know heavily peated barley, you're gonna get heavily peated whiskey. You know, you get a lightly peated barley, you're gonna get a lightly peated whiskey. Here, where we actually can control it right. after the fact. Right. Which, um, which is awesome. By the and way. and quick FYI, for those of you who don't know what peating is, that's where you take a peat moss and burn it, and the mm -hmm. smoke infuses the malt. Mm -hmm. And how much of that you let happen is what he's uh, speaking yeah. of. Right. And, is, and, and how much you let happen affects how peated the whiskey is mm -hmm. going to be. And, 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 and I always remind people, you know, just to get an idea of how, you know, because sometimes you hear the term peat reek, you know, and it reeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and, and just think about the process, you know. It, it, it permeates the barley. The barley then is fermented, uh, turned into beer. Then it's distilled, then then put in barrels for up, upwards of three years. And that smoke, it is still there. I don't know who figured out how to do this in the first place, but God bless them. Well, yeah. that's how they started. That was, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, in, in, in the beginning, you know, peat to, in, in today's world of scotch, it doesn't really matter because you can get peat anywhere real right. fast. Right. But back in the day, you know, it's like this stuff in the ground burns. Mm -hmm. Let's use that. 
<laughs> but that's why you know right, it, it imparts if, flavor. If yeah. you look at you know some some distilleries in Isla today, you know they're actually producing you know non peated whiskey, and you have some distilleries in 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 Speyside that are producing peated whiskey. Peated whiskey. Right. So right. The, 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 yeah, the, things the, are things are beginning to uh, to shift and and well, change. you know, I think I think right now whiskey's becoming. And has been for for the last bunch of years is becoming so popular that that even companies that that have been established for hundreds of years are starting to branch out and go oh we can actually stretch out and do something a little different mm-hmm. and and people won't go oh what is that you know because like in in the whiskey industry and especially in Scotch uh, when you do stuff different uh, a lot of times the the public reacts to that Scotch like like throwing fire at Frankenstein they're like ah oh, what's happening this is not the normal thing. Well, the, but I the, think it's becoming much more acceptable now. The rules for making whiskey are 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 are, are very strict and very controlled. And and recently, actually, there 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 was a, a a few changes. I won't get 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 into them. But one of the results of that change is that that you're now going to start to see some whiskeys finished in tequila barrels, which yes. Up until this point, was not uh, was not something not you would do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I tell you what, we're gonna do. We can take a break. When we come back, we have another beer that we're gonna try, and we're gonna move to the next whiskey, which is the eighteen-year-old. Uh, I, I I just have to say this this seven wood. The thing that I find most remarkable about it is how much it continues to grow on me every sip. Like I liked it at first, and then I liked it a lot, and then I loved it, and now I really. If love you it, like you know? oaky dryness, yes, this has got all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this one is one that 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 I always tell bourbon drinkers that you know that bourbon drinkers. Yes. Yeah, I just don't drink scotch. Right, right, right. Yeah, this I is a good tr- one to try. Try yeah. this one absolutely because it's got so much of that oakiness in the the flavorings that bourbon drinkers love in bourbon, and it's it's uh, it's really terrific. All right, when we come back, Bell's has a new IPA. We'll be trying. That and we'll be moving on to. Did you say the eighteen? Eighteen. You. When you when you start getting to eighteen, things start getting really interesting. We'll do that next. It's smoking and toasting. Smoking and Toasting, the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. cigars. Yes. Um, I wanted to mention that there's an interesting uh, little dialogue uh, going on, on on the chat, Ian. Apparently, uh, there are some folks who are missing Mr. Twirly Gig. Um, you you, you want to pull him out here and we'll maybe put a bottle of Jura on him for a moment just to give everybody a Mr. fix. Mr. Twirly Gig. Yeah, there's the 18-year. That's what we're going to be trying. I don't know where I can put it where I won't just uh, cover someone's face. Well, we'll maybe just, it, oh, just uh, for a moment. Uh, hold Christian, on. Yeah. We can put it right next to it. There we go. There we'll put you it right go. next to his right. face. So, put, so <laughs> just let it twirl for a moment. Uh, it, it's amazing. This show is so low-tech. It's amazing that this that Mr. <laughs> Twirly Gig actually has fans that complain when he's not... Uh, He's not being used on a show. So, hey, you know, other uh, other brands 
you know, would pay big money for this, this for this, this, kind, this, of this kind of exposure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You know, we here at Smoking and Toasting, the one thing you will have to learn about us, Christian, is we spare every expense. So <laughs> I believe I was actually called a nerd on here. I think you were, or either that, or he was calling Bruce that. I'm not Wiki sure. Brian. Which. Now we got Wiki Brian, and we got uh, uh, On Stark. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. All right, I'm going to hand this back to uh, Christian because that's the one I believe we are pouring next. We're going to start though uh, with the uh, the new IPA from Bell's. It is uh, something I spotted on the shelf and got really excited about this week. It's Larry's latest juicy IPA. So I'm guessing Larry's Larry latest. must be one of the uh, brewmasters there at uh, Bell's, and that this must be uh, his there's, latest creation. There's a creation. story on the back here. I'll have to right. read that. I was going to say, you read that once the bottle has uh, uh, had some of its contents removed. It's, it'll be easier to read, I believe. That's right. It'll be yeah. a little easier to hold up. Yeah. Uh, Bell's, as uh, anybody who's a regular uh, listener or viewer of the program knows, uh, we've had nothing but high marks for the things that we've tried from them. They became available in our state. Uh, we're in Texas. They became available here um, a couple of years ago, and uh, but Ian was already quite familiar with them, actually, right? Uh, weren't you? Well, from- I got family up in Michigan, right. and the last few times I went up into that area, I discovered Bell's. This was ten years ago. Well, if you look at any, absolutely of the, love yeah, them. If you look at any of the uh, lists, and we've shared a few of these a couple of shows ago of you know best beers of the year and what have you, the Bell's Two Hearted IPA. Uh, Two Hearted Ale, which is an IPA, it makes the list. Uh, it seems like every year. That's it's just, been one of my it's absolute favorite IPAs ever since I've tried it. That so, was... so this is this is a juicy. So I don't think we've tried a juicy. No, a juicy from Bell. So I'm the real name. Uh, Larry's latest is a nod to the spirit of innovation and experimentation that Larry started in 1985 and continues with the brewery to this day. Our latest juicy India uh, India Pale Ale. Is highly aromatic with a soft, hot bitterness that explodes with notes and aromas of citrus uh, and peach. Yeah. Ian, coming in at six percent. This is good. I'm gl- the moment you said peach, my brain said peach from the uh, uh, oh, from the flavor man, that, that I was that. getting. I, I've been wanting to blurt it out for a long time because I wanted to be first to say it. I knew the bottle was going to say it. Yeah, uh, and it's it's like right next to the peach pit, just a little bit of that yes, bitter kind that, of that peach. slightly bitter. Yeah, this this is wonderful. I mean, this is for me. This is kind of this is kind of in that rarefied air of uh, Parrish's Ghost in the Machine. This has almost no bitterness whatsoever on the aftertaste. I the, mean, it, it's it got finishes some, and then it kind of washes away. Yeah, it's got some bitter, but it's what you were talking about, that, that right next to the pit peach bitter, and then it just fades. There's almost no hop bitter to this, and they don't do it by making it sweet either because it's not a... It's not a sweet no, or is, lactose IPA. It's incredibly dry too. It I really think it, is. I think it takes the moisture out of my mouth. It, it, it really has. Does. <laughs> it has a little bit of a champagne mouthfeel almost. Yeah, it does. With less carbonation. This is fantastic. I think this is fantastic. Are you? Are you a fan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bell's, Immediately. Bell strikes again. I have to say. Wow. I feel like with the with the uh, finish uh, profile on this too that you could smoke. Any, even on the lighter side, cigars. Yes, and and be fine with it. And, they wouldn't fight too much. And I talk about this all the time because I'm such a fan of IPAs, and of course I love to smoke cigars, but so often I can't do those two things at the same time because the IPA will will fight with the cigar. This one, as Ian just pointed out, I think would allow you to uh, to enjoy a cigar with it. 
It's it's not gonna because it doesn't have that lingering hot bitter. It 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 isn't gonna get in there and fight the uh, flavor of the cigar when you take a puff. It's it's almost good. a little bit of uh, orange zest in there too. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I'll confess something to, to you guys. I, I I was just thinking about it. I've never smoked a cigar with beer. Really? Yeah. Well, then we can recommend you a few good ones to uh, to start. But generally, if you're gonna smoke a cigar with beer, you're gonna go. Either with something like a lager or something that doesn't have too much uh, hoppiness to it, or you're going to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum and do like a nice stout or a Porters porter. Porters and stouts. Porter, yeah. I can see that. super easy to pair. Anything that's um, got like great coffee flavor to it is usually a is great easy pairing to with pair, a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. Although, oddly enough, you go fruity, you go like uh, Belgian styles. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll go can, with the cigar. As long yeah. as your cigar is not like a pepper bomb, right, right, he goes with it really. Yeah. Typically, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I am not uh, as into cigars as as you guys are. So when I when I do smoke one, it's because I'm 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 having scotch with it, right. So. Yeah. And and that's kind of the that's always been the traditional pairing. Do you have if a go to cigar that you really like? Whatever someone hands oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the one that someone gives me. You, you should have been here last week because I was handing out cigars to everybody in the <laughs> yeah, room. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, man. Those cigars are uh, No, but, but to answer your question, uh, I, I, I always, when, when a Monte Cristo uh, Especial number 2 uh-huh. it's a great one shows yeah, up, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy because I know I enjoy that one. Yeah, 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 it's a great cigar. It's a great yeah. cigar. So let's talk about the 18. I, I was thinking about the 18 in terms of when we had our uh, our friends on from Florida Kanya, uh, how big of a jump the 18 year rum is from the uh, from the from ones the 12. Th- from the 12 yeah. right and I thought you know I wonder if this will be a similar thing because the 12 is good but the 18 like makes you want to just yeah. sit down and cry it's so good I think I think that it's 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 a different you know, with, it's a different process, yeah, and it's and, a different and, spirit. You know, the this is the one that I, 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 I there's two things I, I always say about the Jura 18. One is the best kept secret in Scotch. Oh man, and, the nose and, is and the second one that this is the professional Scotch drinkers Jura. This is leather and dark fruit. Yes, this is. You know the uh, the mental image you were drawing earlier of sitting in the leather chair with the old book <laughs> oh this plays into that wonderfully now i want you to look for something you know because you 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 guys have have good noses there's almost a little raisin going on what yeah. there's something that when i tell you what it is you're gonna be i i think that you're gonna go oh yeah and uh it it speaks to the barrel that this is finished in so i'll give you a clue what barrel is is Dun, 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 is, dun. It, it's not sherry because the other ones are sherry, so not you wouldn't sherry. be you wouldn't be asking the question that way. But you said is it one, port? One, one thing before uh, no. Okay. Close, but not but no cigar. Okay. <laughs> uh, Cognac. Nope. Not a sauterne. You're even closer. Wow. Yeah. So it is a, a cabernet sauvignon. Uh, All the cabernet. Barrel. Yeah. Okay. So this is a a, a Bordeaux. Yeah, uh, yeah. Grand Cru Cabernet Sauvignon. I can actually tell you the winery where it comes from. Uh, uh, if if anyone out there is a big fan of Chateau Latour, in uh, in the Bordeaux region in, mm-hmm. in Spain, that's where we're sourcing uh, these these casks. I'm just proud to say I've actually heard of that winery. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know anything about their wine, uh, but I but I have actually heard of that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hang my hat on that. So. 
you know, then you you actually once you understand that, I think that to me, the, yeah, the, it those, makes sense. Those wine tannins, you know, which is and there's a little pepperiness leather. to it. There's a little. Mm. What else am I getting? getting See, I tasted it, and then now it's interfering with my nose a little bit. I think. I think it's got like a like a like a jammy fig. Yeah. So I said raisin, but I think that we're kind of crossing yeah. the that dark fruit. Now I'll mention that every expression we've had, by the way, we've been going up in ABV. So we started that with makes the, sense, the yeah. ten at forty percent, the seven, uh, the, the 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 twelve. Uh, I believe the twelve is also forty percent, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, the twelve's over there. Yeah, forty percent. The seven would goes up to forty three. This eighteen is now at forty four. So you know, for you guys that are cigar smokers, I I always recommend this one to a to a cigar smoker. Mm-hmm. I think that this is the the Jura that really stands out to a cigar. It's kind of a serious scotch. Yeah. Leather, you know? wood, dark fruit. I mean, yeah. what's not to like about it's got this? A, a beautiful like like dark chocolate. You know that that real like you know like uh, that ninety percent uh, like uh, cacao, baking and, chocolate and, and, and coffee like espresso coffee bean on the on on the finish. I get more of that espresso than I do the chocolate, but yeah, it's really really just got a. I almost wanted to use the word seriousness to it. You got it's serious. A, it's it's like this is this is for real here. You know what I mean? This is for there's a spiciness on the retro hail too that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the 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 one thing that that uh, that I always get on the on the 18 and sometimes you know when people's like like it's it's hard to wrap your head around it, but it's almost like a menthol. Yeah. Like, I can like, get that. Like that, you know, that feeling you get not right after you brush your teeth, but 10 minutes after. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I know what you're saying. Well, this is really fantastic. I mean, just. there's And if you let it sit on the tongue for just a minute, you get a lot of vanilla that starts to mm-hmm. develop in there. But it doesn't happen in, in the, in, like, if you just take a sip and, and swallow real fast, it doesn't seem to happen as much. So this is the first one of these that I've thought to do this with. But I did put just a little, little splash of water into mine to see how it does because this feels like it could really stand up to that and maybe open up some of the flavors. Oh, it's even definitely going to open up, yeah. Oh, super interesting. I like that. Changes the mouthfeel, and really okay. Now, so now I'm getting floral notes, things that I maybe wasn't noticing as much before. Um, wow. But terrific. See, this one makes me want an aromatic pipe tobacco too. Yes. Oh, I'm so with you on that. <laughs> cigars or a really good, uh, uh, really good Cavendish, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and by the way, also a, a beautiful whiskey to pair with uh, with like a like a creamy dessert, like a mm-hmm. creme brulee. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Wow. Okay. So let's take another break. We're going to come back. We have one more beer to try, and this time we are. Uh, yeah, this time it's going to get interesting. It's the Anchorage Brewing Company, the Tide and its Takers. It's a triple with Brett Nemiases. And then where are we going uh, next for whiskey? Next, I have a surprise for you guys. Oh. Um, I, 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 I've, I've brought a bottle that is uh, uh, no longer uh, made. Oh. So we'll enjoy that. Eat your heart out, Chris Hart. Uh, That's we'll right. be right back. It's smoking <laughs> and toasting. Uh, we love it. We'll be right back. Ha, <laughs> 
Now that's interesting. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Smoking and Toasting is the uh, program, podcast, radio broadcast, whatever you want to call us. We are all about uh, fine spirits, um, craft beer, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Please go check these guys out. They do a wonderful job of supporting us, and we want you to support them. And it's a great place to get gifts I, for I your friends for Christmas. I have a suggestion for MyCigarShirts.com. Yes. Oh, see, they, they love your suggestions. Like they need there. to make a shirt that has a whiskey glass. Yeah. And then a plus. Yeah. And a cigar. Yeah. And then it equals yeah. happy face. I love it. Let's just let's just pass that along to them, and I bet it'll show so up. So if you in can a week move that up the chain, I'll for do us. my best. Yes, I definitely <laughs> will. Christian Olave is here. He's with Jura. He's also uh, also represents the Dalmore. But I, I really want to say a special thanks to Christian because we set this up originally because Christian was going to be. You live in Dallas, right? Correct, Dallas area. Uh, we set this up originally because Christian was going to be in town doing uh, an event and was going to be here and it coincided with him being able to come in for the show. And then my understanding is the event canceled or was moved or or whatever, and Christian still made the drive uh, to Houston from Dallas to do the show today because he wanted well, to man, be thank here. Well, man, you so what much. miss it for the world, guys. Yeah, That's it's, it's so a big awesome. deal. And, and you know what it makes him? It makes him the anti-Yellow Rose. <laughs> because here's a guy... Who makes sure he shows up, even when he had a very good reason not to be here, as opposed to somebody who leaves you hanging at the last hour. Uh, not no. that I would still remember that from you have you a have while a, you ago. have an ability to hold a grudge. I do, don't I? Yeah, <laughs> I hold it hold it right here in my hand. You tend to bulldog just, a little bit that yeah, way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you don't know how good that makes me feel that no. that, <laughs> that I no. showed up. <laughs> yeah, but but anyway, thank you so much. And honestly, they did do it three honestly, times. it would have been it. Yeah, it would have been fine if you'd said, "Hey, we need to reschedule." Ian's about to drink yeah. the whiskey, and I need to warn him. So, so yeah, okay, ho- hold up. Uh, this, so okay. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> earlier, but you poured it in, and I and I went and just casually took a sniff, and I went, "Whoa, wait a second. Yeah, I, I, we got to do a reveal on this one. So, okay, so different. Okay, so talk to me about this whiskey. You said first of all, this isn't available. Correct. Okay. This is this is not uh, something that's uh, that's available. You know, you may be able to find a random bottle in a. But it's not something ra- you can just walk into, like yeah. a Specs or a Total Wine yeah, and find. This, right. this, this was a very limited run. This is actually a, a single cask expression of, uh, of Jura. It is, uh, so this is barrel strength, mm-hmm. coming in at 55.7 Hello. ABV. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's what we called a, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's what we called a vintage 1995. This was bottled in 2013. So for, okay. for those of you that are uh, uh, math inclined, it's an 18-year-old whiskey. What's interesting is that we just tried the Jura 18. This is this is another eighteen-year-old whiskey is, that's going to be a little different. This is eighteen. So, so remember how we talked about how we we make two types of whiskey: one peated, one unpeated, so separate barrels. Mm-hmm. This comes from an unpeated barrel. As a matter of fact, it was barrel number. Oh, it says it somewhere around here. Woo! Uh, barrel number, cask number three. Yeah. So, I just took my first like nose of this. You're so right. There were, this is different. There were, uh, I think it was like 32 casks of uh, of this that were. So this is all unpeated. This is mm-hmm. this is what that unpeated whiskey would taste like, and it's actually very close to the Jura 18 because also finished in uh, in uh, wine barrels. But but let me say this word butter. 
Uh, yeah. Like there is a butteriness right on the nose to this. I haven't even tried a sip yet, and it's that's absolute. And there's a creamy butteriness. No, this is this is delicious. Like wow. every time I bring, you know, and and this is my last bottle, as you can see. <laughs> I've I, and I've been carrying this bottle around for a few years, yeah. and we're we're getting there. And every time I bring it out, the first thing the thing people say is, why. Do you not? Do you not sell oh, this? Wow. Like yeah, put you it know, out. Right. This, and and we, what is the reason? Uh, uh, we 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 just isn't enough of it. You know, it was a special. If it, if we did it all the time, we wouldn't get to it say that it was. A, it wouldn't. Be, that, that so it was this special. has a creamy and a butteriness to it and a um, sweetness. It still has that maple. Like every one of these expressions has that very maple kind of backbone to Which them. Which I think is so interesting for a Scotch. The one that the one that had a little less. That, you was think of the that, seven wood, but right. still had a little bit of that. But you think of that more as a bourbon thing than you do a Scotch thing. When I think of Scotches, I think more minerality, peat. You know, a little less of that. Would influence the fruitiness uh, in this, and it's a little bit brighter too. Mm -hmm. Well, this one's one that uh, that I I always joke. I don't need to drink it. I could just sit there mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and nose it. Well, I need to drink it. So, and, <laughs> and this is one that that if you if you want it to a little bit of water, it's really oh, gonna make it oh. pop. So a weird thing on this too is the um, the oaky astringency. It's not on the aftertaste. It's right at the front of the palate. Like, it immediately hits right. the front of the palate. It really does. You're right. And that's that's kind of unusual because you're used Can to taking that. I have a drop that. of your water? Yes, sir. You certainly may. Uh, I've just uh, put mine, put some in mine, but I haven't tried it yet. I'm super curious. And the the, the, the finish on this one... You know, you can... It's, it's, it's really wow. apparent that no peated whiskey went into right. it. Right, you don't get any of that peat finish that you get so subtly on the others. It's not there at all. Yeah. You know, and I, I see you know you know, what um, you're thinking. Super interesting. When you add a little water, it almost gets a little bit of a white wine kind of yeah. oakiness mm -hmm. to the nose. Mm. I'm telling you. Yeah, like a Chardonnay. I, yeah. I never really thought about it until you mentioned it. Yeah, it's like right there. Yeah, it's like peat, like like peach. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ian, here's the plan. I will distract Christian by taking him out and maybe showing him the beer refrigerator. The work refrigerator? Yeah, is. you you tuck away the, uh, the exclusive <laughs> I don't know what happened bottle. to that bottle. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was here when we went out. I don't know it what gets, happened. You know, it, with a splash of water, it gets unbelievably a little, even a little more buttery. Yes, it really does. It gets um, a little smoother. There is a substantial whiskey hug to this, mm -hmm. and it's in such a wonderful way. And it's not even awkward. No, so this, <laughs> this one is straightforward. This is this is this is someone you know well coming up from behind and hugging you. Mm -hmm. This is uh, <laughs> this is kind of uh, kind of like I said when Did I was talking about. Sorry, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like I was saying when I was talking about you know the cigar earlier that you know makes you think about what a wonderful world we live in and. How we should all just join hands and celebrate life together and sing We Are the World and Kumbaya. And kumbaya. The exactly. oiliness in this, too, like it just sits on your palate like mm -hmm. forever afterwards. Like it's just everywhere in the mouth. This, you know, it, it's a wonderful, yes, like it, it's a wonderful reminder of you'd why. You'd almost paint with this. <laughs> it's a wonderful reminder of why it is so much fun to do this, to taste these things and to enjoy them and allow them to I, I don't want to wax too poetic here but allow them to enrich your life this is this is why you do this you know 
I want to point out, we, we're raving on this. This is interesting, and it's fun because it's such a special, obviously a special bottle to you as well. And, and what a rare and interesting um, uh, thing for you to bring and let us, let us uh, partake yes, of. Yes, thank you. But, you know, I, all these expressions are so good. Yes, they so are. Good. From, the, from the 10. The 10 was fantastic. One of the I would... things I like to do, and I think I'll do this at the end, at the very end of the show, is go back and try that 10 after trying everything else mm-hmm. and see yeah. where it stands. And I bet right. it stands up straight. All right. So if you're going to do that, we need to get to our final beer, um, which is the uh, Anchorage beer. Brewery oh, specialty. let me do this. Yeah. Uh, so, Ian, while you open that up, Christian, I wanted to ask you, uh, we talked about the retail price of the 10 and the 12. What about the 7 wood and the 18? Where do Se- those ring? 7 wood is in the 80s. Makes, and, sense. Makes uh, sense. And and the 18 is the best priced 18 year old you're going to find out there. The 18 yeah. you'll typically find in that, you know, $120 mm-hmm. range. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 unlikely to to find an 18 year old whiskey of of you know of that kind of quality that, that yeah. quality mm-hmm. in, in that yeah. price point that's good so so overall this is a very affordable line but it really really speaks to quality i mean all the way and, and, any, and even with the 10 i mean there is listen if you can buy the, that 10 year old for under 30 dollars mm-hmm. holy cow that's that's um that's taken away my argument uh, i often argue that you can get a better quality tequila or rum for under $30, uh-huh. whereas with whiskey, you have to go above the $30 mark usually to achieve a great quality. This kind of shoots a hole in my argument, yeah. actually. I, th- I think the 10, to your earlier point with the you know the way that you guys rate the cigars, you know, would you say that this one punches above? A punches uh, above its weight class? Uh, Absolutely. Oh, I'm glad to hear Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yes, it does. And so it, in, in many ways, it may be the most impressive of all these whiskeys based on the fact that it, uh-huh. It's that easily attainable for that little money. Yeah. I, uh, I love making cocktails with it too. You know, it's oh, it's, it's at a price point. Great. Like you know, my favorite way to drink the ten is in a highball. Yeah. Oh, oh nice. Love. Ian, did you pour one of those for me? I didn't oh, see I did. It. I didn't go. see it. Oh, there we go. Uh, so this is going to be a very different uh, beer. I don't know how it will pair. So first what off, we've been doing Brettanomyces. Yeah. You can smell it a mile away. Yeah. It's tart. Woo! Yes, baby. It always has a tartness to it, and, I, and uh, not sour, but tart. Right. And there's there's a distinct difference there in is. this case. Sometimes sour and tart can have kind of have a blurry line, but this has no of, blurry line. I think of sour as being more of a fruit thing, and this tart is more of a I don't, I don't know. This what. is well. Think about this: a cherry is tart, right? A lime is sour. Pretty, pretty well. So, and said, there's a distinct yes. difference in the way they uh-huh. hit your palate. Exactly. This is a tartness. Mm-hmm. This is an incredibly fruity. Wow, tartness. yeah, it's so fruity on the nose. You just, you just get that that sense of it being kind of a farmhouse. You know vibe. when you go to grandma's house and she'd have that little spongy cup that she'd put fruit and then just toss some <laughs> Cool Whip on. Yes, I love those things. This is like a badass version of that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's really. A, a really uh, kind of an elite sort of a taste. Like you, you drink this and you know you're drinking something pretty special. Well, so I absolutely love Belgian style ales because I love the fruitiness and I love mm-hmm. uh, I love all that about it. And this is that with Brettanomyces, so it gives it a tartness to it. On top of that, I can drink this all day. This reminds me of there was one of the um, Bishop's Barrel. Uh, selections from St. Arnold that had this kind of a flavor to it, 
and and it was one of our favorite beers of the last couple of years I remember that we had on the show I don't remember what number it was though I've lost track and they're not doing the Bishop's Barrel anymore so kind of a bummer you know not doing the Bishop's Barrel or the uh, Divine Reserve but the good news is they're just putting out cool new beers left and right over there at St. Arnold so uh, it's 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 hard to even miss them this is special though would you agree this is a uh, this is a share it with this friends is, kind this of is pretty special. They have a, you know what? So it's funny because Anchorage Brewing doesn't usually put a lot of information mm-hmm. on their bottles. Mm. Look at this. Oh, and by the way, on the back of this, it has that's a short story. But yeah, that, but pretty much, yeah. I was looking at the bottle actually earlier before we opened it. That short story was actually written by the head brewer at Dogfish Head, who was not involved in making this beer. Oh, but, I see that. But he did the commentary. You want me to read it, it out? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So this, and it's a little bit long, but here we go. This is an unshored ale, wild and remote. There's a beer where the sea used to be. I believe there will be many takers for this tide. It begins with the soft and spicy floral nose. I don't know about soft. <laughs> this is pretty. It's pretty big. Anyway, the uh, the Brett notes are measured and reverberate around the lemon cream pie hops like, yes. like ripples around a buoy in a beam sea. Wood notes drift and float by and bring a bit of vanilla towards the end, but mostly the wood does the important work of softening the heat of a multi-phase fermentation that is three fathoms deep. Putting a, putting a snifter of this beer up to your lips is like putting a conch shell up to your ear. Living right up against the Atlantic Ocean here in Delaware, nothing says welcome home to me so much as the rhythmic crashing of an incoming surf on land, and I get the familiar feeling while drinking the tide and its takers, that's the name of this beer, uh, like a powerful ocean, you cannot take this beer for granted. It's complex. It has a lunar pull that makes you reflexively go for the next sip. Agreed 100% oh, yeah, with that. For sure. And it puts you in the right mood to appreciate life and nature's bounty. To paraphrase uh, folk punk Michelle Shocked, you know you're in the largest uh, state of mind in the Union when you're anchored down in Anchorage. Cheers. Hmm. That's uh, Sam... Cala, Calagione, is that how you say it? I, Calagione, Cali, uh, the president and founder of Dogfish Head Craft Brewery. Yeah, wow. that was a wonderful rendition of the back of the bottle. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Ian, you. Ian's good at bottle reading. Thank you, he, <laughs> really, yeah. he really is. You know, this one to me. I've it, been I've been reading beer bottles for years now, and mm-hmm. I, I've I've practiced this, and it's it's a I like to pride myself on. It. Thank you for recognizing that. You're welcome, sir. <laughs> I, I get grapefruit on the nose, and yeah. and, and you want to know what, what what I what I get on the is, on, yeah. on, on, on the on, on the, the palate? palate? Yeah. I'm, I I get key lime and get and, mm-hmm. and, and and check this. It's key lime yogurt. Mm. It's okay. You're welcome on the show anytime. Just there is if a you creaminess just, to if the If you want to just come and help us describe beers every week, you, the seed is yours. That's that's really good because yeah. you nailed it. And I'm not sure if I would have been able to put that that fine a point on it. That is exactly what it is. I've been digging like like I got the but it's not just key lime. What is it? And it's like it's yogurt. Wow, that's terrific. That is true. That's that's even better than the dogfish head guy describing it on the back of the bottle. <laughs> that's what that is. Christian Olave is with uh, Jura. These whiskeys were every one of them fantastic. I mean, from the beginning with the uh, with the ten year all the way through this super double secret Chris Hart um, style of uh, whiskey. Um, everything oh. everything just so good. You um, know what? What? Doesn't interfere with that last. Oh, uh, interesting! Because I'm, I, I would. As a matter of fact, it, it brings out a sweetness in the last whiskey. Yes. 
It sure does. Like almost a, uh, almost a powdered sugary sweetness, kind of sweetness. And the minerality stands out a little bit more, too. How interesting and weird is that? Because I cool. would never think like that. That those two would be. go together. Yeah. And, and that's one of the wonderful things about doing this is that sometimes we get to uh, surprise ourselves. Mm. Christian, thank you so much. Like In all seriousness, uh, thank you so much for uh, making the trip down. I know it was a little extra, but uh, we sh we've certainly had a wonderful time. And these this is the first time I've ever tried Jura. I'm super impressed. This has got to go into the home You bar. will be directly affecting sales because there's a couple of these that yeah. I'm immediately well, going to go buy. And, and that's, right. that's the way we always say that, smoking a toast and directly influencing sales. Can I have a, a small pour of the 10? I just want to try it after as everything. We, as, we, uh, as we get ready to I'm wrap up interested. here, it'll be interesting to see what you think of that in the, uh, in the final moments. In light of everything else that we've tried. Mm -hmm. uh, more 10? Or? I'm still working on this, so right. let me finish it off first. So. So I, I wanted to say thank you guys for 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 inviting me. You know, this is uh, we we when when I arrived uh, earlier. You know, this 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 was uh, uh, my second attempt mm -hmm. to be on your podcast, which is uh, when I talked to your producer. Uh, you know, and she, she was she was you know very. Uh, she said, "Well, you know, you don't have to." It's like, no, no, I want to. You know, <laughs> like it, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm, it, I'm, honestly, it would have been fine to reschedule. Yeah. We totally understand that kind of stuff. We only. We only hold grudges for repeat offenders who leave oh, us hanging very last at the minute last no minute show. repeatedly, Yellow Rose. Uh, <clears throat> did I say that? <laughs> I think well, you did. <laughs> the first time was a no-show. The second time was a last minute. And the third time was a last minute. Right. I mean, and when I say there last minute, no I mean... Shows. Literally, we were here in the studio when we found out yeah. last minute. Texting uh, them going, cool. hey, are you, uh, you <laughs> going to make it? Uh, and and it was the oh sorry yeah so that's just not I mean listen uh, all all over the world things have to be rescheduled that, that's normal stuff but uh, and in fact we had uh, uh, we had the uh, uh, the guys from Garrison Brothers are coming back on they had to reschedule just you know it, it's how it it's how it works it's it's no problem we get it but yeah don't leave us hanging that's the only thing don't don't do it last minute <laughs> because believe it or not we actually try. To prepare something to talk about on the show, and if we're thinking that we've got a guest who's bringing great, you know, uh, Jura uh, whiskeys, and suddenly we don't have that, we we're scrambling a little bit to make sure that we don't, you know, just sit here and go this drink beer. Beer is good, absolutely you know? amazing, and thank you so much yes. for making that trip. Yeah, like that's absolutely fantastic. So, Ian, your your final take on the 10. ten, and the back to the ten, the ten is so good by itself. After everything we've tried, the ten is just fine. Like it's. It, this is, and at a price point where mixing it doesn't even make make you bat an eye, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Mm -hmm. This is going on my shelf as a go to. This is the same price as think a lot a, of bourbons that I buy. Yeah, think about a sidecar maybe with this. Yeah, I mean, my wife loves to take and mix interesting drinks, and uh, and this way I can go. Hey, here's a scotch. Yeah, and, if you if you want to go crafty with the Juratan, to uh, you know, there's a drink called the uh, penicillin. Uh, which is uh, uh, honey, I've heard of, but I don't honey ginger syrup, lemon juice, uh, uh, whiskey, and typically when it when it when 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 a bartender will make it, they'll either do a wash or a spray of an isla of an isla, yeah. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, with, just to get with, a little bit of that. Yeah. So with, a little bit with, of that with the Jura Ten, you don't really you don't need that spray yeah. because you wind up with a little bit yeah. of the peatiness from yeah. the whiskey itself. Correct. Fantastic, Christian. Thank you so very much. Uh, please know that you have a standing uh, invitation to be on the show. We can have you back. 
and talk down more again, or quite frankly, if this uh, if this new experiment in uh, Pennsylvania takes off and you guys crank that out across the country, you got to come talk to us about that as yeah. well. We're, we're, we, next year, we are going to be uh, releasing a, 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 a few new expressions of uh, Jura and uh, of uh, Dalmor. So when that happens, maybe the next time I see you, we'll talk about both of them, both Dalmor Distillery, Jura Distillery, and, what, and whatever is new. Ian, you're grabbing so, the ukulele, which makes me realize... And, and yes, we absolutely drinking have to do that. We have not gone news. to drinking news. There was no time for drinking news. Do you want to do it, or drinking should I hold news. it for next week? Oh, I don't know. It's up to you. Uh, we're running late. We probably should uh, should call this one. There around. was no time for drinking news. Next week, I promise, we'll bring it to you next week. Drinking news has apparently become a uh, cheers, y'all, a favorite part of the show. Drinking news not brought to you by Jura. <laughs> Have a great week, my friends. Christian, thank you so much. This 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 whiskey was just wonderful. This is what I poured out earlier. Cheers, the 18. Now I'm going you. back to it. And uh, as we like to say here in Houston, Texas, cheers. Cheers. Uh, cheers. <laughs>